0: Hello, and welcome to episode eight of the Sustainable E-Commerce Podcast, the show dedicated to helping your brand grow sustainably. I'm your host, Giles Smith, and today I'm joined by Lottie Diel, founder of Banish, one of Australia's fastest-growing sustainable product online marketplaces. We explore today how Banish's focus on education has made it a powerhouse of customer acquisition and how brand engagement has led to its members literally queuing up to help them sort through piles of rubbish. I know you're going to get heaps of inspiration from Lottie, so without further ado, let's start the show. Three, two, one. Yeah. Lottie Deal, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me.
1: No, thank you so much for having me, Giles. I'm so excited.
0: Uh, I'm I'm super stoked to have you here as well. You are uh, well, your brand Banish is, is the first kind of retailer in the sustainable space we've had on the show, which kind of marks a, uh, you know, a new point in the show. So I'm super excited. So maybe before I go off assuming that everybody knows the story of Banish, maybe c- you, we could start by giving you the opportunity to tell, you, tell us a little bit about yourself and about the Banish brand and what was the origin story?
1: Yeah, so I think we'll start with the origin. That's probably what makes the most sense is it was just over four years ago now that I was, I kind of had a long list of new year's resolutions like everybody does. I was going to kind of cut my body weight in half and I was going to become a morning person and do all of these different things. But one of the resolutions was to do better when it came to the planet. I didn't really set any SMART goals. There wasn't anything tangible attached to it. I just thought I could be doing better. And when it came down to doing better and actually kind of taking those steps, leading a more sustainable lifestyle, It was really difficult. It was confusing. It was overwhelming. I didn't really even know where to start. And then when I would start, there wasn't really a simple answer. So one of the first things that I tried to do was switch out to switch out my plastic straws that I was using in my smoothies every morning. And I just typed into Google kind of what is the most sustainable straw? What you would think would be a very simple answer But there was no simple answer. It was kind of, there wasn't really any information out there. And I was kind of going, this is really weird. If we want people to make a change and we want people to live more sustainably, it needs to be so easy that there's not really any reason not to and I was kind of at a bit of a loss. So eventually, I, because I was a journalist at the time, I kind of spent hours and hours researching and eventually decided on choosing a stainless steel straw for me, my situation. I went online and I purchased five straws from what I thought was a sustainable store. And then they arrived a couple of days later, individually wrapped in plastic And I just kind of went, well, I've just wasted all of this precious time researching. I've then gone to this kind of what I thought was a sustainable store and I've been completely fooled. And it just really felt me, it made me feel kind of disheartened and like I wanted to just throw in the towel and I went, well, I'm not the only one in this situation I'm sure and I started kind of talking to friends about it and telling them what had happened and they felt the exact same so rather than kind of sitting down and crying and feeling like it was all over I saw an opportunity an opportunity to educate people using my journalism background but then also to connect people with these amazing sustainable brands because there were brands out there that were doing the right thing it was just really hard to find them so I kind of thought well why don't we instead of having kind of individual brands in the sustainable area competing against each other kind of saying well you should buy a stainless steel straw or you should be buying a razor or you should be buying a beeswax wrap I thought well why don't we put them together why don't we make a marketplace where people can learn and they can be educated but then also that they can shop from a trusted source people who have done the research who've done the vetting who know that these are actually sustainable products and then people can have a great experience at Vanish, and then these brands can benefit because I think something that's not often spoken about with sustainability is there's kind of this whole customer journey in the e-commerce space and it's all about kind of getting them into your funnel and then selling to them this time and then you want to keep them engaged but in real like being realistic if you're going to buy something like a stainless steel razor theoretically you should never have to buy another one again. So there's no real need for that customer to sign up to their mailing list, to be following them on Instagram, to be doing all of these things. So your not really kind of retargeting people you're always targeting brand new people which is very costly so that's why with banish I thought why don't we kind of have this captivated have this engaged audience they can have a great experience with banish buying the razor then they can come back and maybe buy the bees wax wax, or these stainless steel straws it's kind of that power of the network so that's really how I got into it I had the idea and then two weeks later I just jumped in and set the site live and yeah four years later we've got banished we've got over i think it's about 650 products now from over 60 australian businesses and then we i like to think of us as one of the leading education spaces in terms of living sustainably in australia
0: my goodness what what a wealth of parts to pull apart in amongst that and I can clearly see from your site that you do spend a great deal of time educating as well, which is, which is wonderful. So how do you go about actually selecting the brands and the products? Like, I mean, obviously from a, I mean, the core thing about Banish is that it's sustainable and leveraging off your early lessons about, you know, didn't want the plastic packaging and all that sort of stuff. How do you go to sort of main, you know, like control all of that, like an orchestra conductor and, you know, making sure that you maintain the Banish brand, you know, brand promise, I should say.
1: Yeah, so we do have a very stringent and strict onboarding process when we're looking at brands and when they're applying to be a part of the website. So we've got kind of everything from, as you say, how everything's packaged. We cannot have any pack, any plastic packaging whatsoever, including kind of sticky tape, plastic post satchels, bubble wrap. None of that is allowed. But then also because there isn't really any kind of Authority body or kind of governing person or being that says, like, what is sustainable? We've had Mm. to create our own. So we have a list called the Banished Sin Bin, which is a list of different ingredients that we will not stock on the website. So all brands cannot have any products that have things like palm oil in them, for example. And then we also look into kind of where the products are made, who makes them, what are they packaged in. So kind of we do have material plastic we do have products on the website that are packaged in plastic but they're packaged in recycled plastic bottles rather than virgin plastic bottles so we really go into the nitty-gritty so it's not really a one-size-fits-all approach we yep. definitely have a standard that we have to uphold but we really we don't really kind of go yep great you what you're interested come on board it's far far more in depth and detailed than that
0: yeah i imagine i imagine it would be so so obviously, I, I'm guessing that you, um, you know, it, it, it's a marketplace you're building, which is a very cool uh, business strategy in and of itself. And obviously, the marketplace works from a, you know, a, a network effect of two things. One is the number of products, but the other one is the number of customers buying, you know, those different products to drive the engine. So what's your what what has been your most successful approach to attracting a, a awareness for the banished brand? Like, what's what's really stood out to you, you know, given the context of sustainability, What's what's really stood out to you as something that's been a very effective strategy for the Banish brand?
1: Well, it wasn't as much as a kind of a sales strategy, but the education side of things has been really key to us. And as you say, it's really set us apart from other marketplaces because we aren't just here to sell. We're here to teach people. We're coming back to those core values because our customer isn't the converted. They're not somebody who walks around and with a glass jar filled with the rubbish that they've collected for the past year for their family. They're those that are on their journey. They're dipping their toes in. They're making small sustainable steps and we want to give them a safe platform so that they can learn. So we kind of don't tell them like, oh my gosh, you're such an idiot. You didn't know how to recycle that. We want to be creating a space where it's going that's fine like you didn't know how to recycle that last week let's how to show let's show you how to recycle it this week or Mm. you just made a purchase in your local supermarket here's what you could have done better next time we want to be really accepting of everybody because that's something that i found when personally i was entering the space is there was so much negativity and there was so much of telling people what they were doing wrong, but there wasn't enough about showing them how to do right. Yeah. So that's been a really core cool thing for us. And then I think probably another um, kind of game changer for us in terms of giving back to our community was the launch of our recycling program so a middle of last year I was kind of thinking and thinking about ways that we could give back to our community and I was looking into lots of different programs that are out there like you plant one tree for every order or you donate a percentage of profits but for me Coming back to the education perspective and the service that we provide with our customers, I wanted to give them something tangible. So we decided to launch the Banish Recycling Program. So it's called the the BRAD Program, Banish Recycling and Disposal Program. And the whole aim is to keep those hard to recycle items from going to the wrong pit. So you send them to the right pit, which is us, because about 95% of household products cannot be recycled. And I would kind of got to this next level where I was pretty good at recycling everything like milk bottles and I don't know what, but you still have those things like blister packs, beauty products, those things that no matter how much you try and reduce your waste, you've still got them there at the end of the day. So I thought, well, why not incentivize and provide our community with the service so that they could send back their hard to recycle items. And then we recycle them onshore in Australia and we provide our customers with a $15 voucher to spend in store. So it's like you would send us your plastic toothbrush and your shampoo bottles. And then in return with that $15 voucher, you could buy bamboo toothbrushes, Uh, or a kind of a shampoo and conditioner bar. So it's incentivizing it. It's making it, again, accessible for people. But it's also teaching people that things like blister packs cannot go into your curbside recycling bin. So initially, it was meant to be for our customers as a way to give back to them. But the way that the program has taken off is it's now definitely an acquisition tool for us because we're gaining a lot of new customers through the program
0: that's an incredible uh, incredibly thoughtful part of the journey that you and and a very smart business strategy as well because obviously you know for for business owners out there what you're essentially doing is you, you know incentivizing people doing the right thing number one but secondly tying them in to come back to you in the future by incentivizing them but to do the right thing so it's a very smart it's a very smart approach. And I, 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 I think that's very clever. So but what do you actually do with the thing? I mean, you must have mountains of stuff coming to you now. Like, what do you actually do with it? And how do you ensure that it gets properly recycled? I mean, you hear statistics online about oh, only 13 or 15 percent of household stuff that makes it into the recycling bin actually gets recycled and the rest of it gets packed up and shipped off to some third world country for them to do whatever it is they end up doing with it, but it isn't recycling. So how do you, what do you actually do with all this stuff?
1: Yeah, so it's been a very big journey in this um, respect because it has grown so quickly, the program. So we've kind of gone from having seven or eight parcels a month in a matter of months to receiving kind of a couple of hundred parcels each and every month. But we're quite fortunate because the more waste that you collect, it's actually easier to get rid of it because Mm. you can go to these Um, waste facilities in Australia and say look we've got a much larger quantity to be able to recycle with you now so we do a lot of our recycling with TerraCycle which is recycled onshore um, but then also with other companies like Close the Loop as well so it's all keeping it onshore in Australia which has been a major part of our kind of initial negotiations with them was that Everything had to be recycled onshore in Australia, because as you say, we're not just, we just don't want to ship it offshore and make it somebody else's problem. Yeah, we don't
0: want to brush it under the carpet and make it someone else's problem. Absolutely. So for those people that don't know, can you tell us just quickly about TerraCycle and what they do and why they're such an amazing organisation to work with?
1: Yeah, so TerraCycle is a US company that now have got an Australian branch. And what they do is they provide a solution for these kind of hard to recycle items. So like beauty products, for example, is where we, we send our beauty products to TerraCycle and then they actually separate them into each of the different materials because I'm not sure how many beauty products that you use, um, Giles, but when you look at something like- a... I'll this, take,
0: I'll take that in the manner it's intended. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> like a skincare um bottle for example with a pump applicator has lots of different types of plastics so you've kind of got the it's probably made from a hdpe and then you've got a pump which is going to be a combination of kind of it might have a metal spring in there so they actually have to pull it apart and then it's either melted down and then made into new um different products or it is going to be converted from waste to energy
0: yeah perfect thanks for that and um you know for the I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes for anyone that's interested in finding out more about TerraCycle because it does solve quite a lot of uh kind of post-use problems in the in you know for many different product manufacturers so congratulations on on partnering with them as well i'd like to take a little bit of a step back though because you, you sort of started to touch on something that i think is really interesting you know early on in your opening there about how difficult it is for customers consumers to make informed decisions and choices about the products they get from your perspective. Then as a, as a retailer, what do you think that brands typically could do better to help educate, uh, you know, the end customer and to make informed decisions to choose the right type of products?
1: Yeah, I think your cost, your, sorry, your listeners are going to get sick of me saying this, but it's education. It's about, talking to the customer and being transparent with them and telling them exactly what's going on and what you're doing about it. Because I think we've got a lot of people out there at the moment, for example, that are kind of saying, well, our products are biodegradable. So it's going, okay, well, what does that mean? Mm. How long, Will it take for that product to biodegrade? What what kind of conditions can it go into your home compost bin at home? Or does it need to go to a commercial facility? What is it actually made of? If they're using I don't know recycled materials in their products, can they then go into the recycling bin, or do they need to go to a specialized facility? So, what I would really love to see brands doing more of is talking to their customers about their own sustainability journey, because it is a journey. You can't kind of say, yes, we're a sustainable company and stop there, because there is always more. There is more innovation happening. There is more facilities opening up that can take different types of materials. Your packaging might be changing. So I think it's all about kind of letting your customer know where you are on that journey, but also telling them like, we want to get here by 2025, or this is what we're currently working on, or we've got 2000 of these plastic post satchels that we need to get rid of but once we've sent those out then we are going to switch to a paper mailer I think it's that's what I would really like to see from customers rather sorry from businesses so rather than them just telling their customers kind of saying like yes we've done one thing and this is why we're sustainable it's going well here's the one thing that we've done but here's what else we're going to do and we're trying to get better
0: yeah, I love that because I think for listeners go back to the first episode, I talked about what my view of sustainable e-commerce actually was. and One of the key things for me is that it is uh, a goal-based um, definition. It's, a, it's very much a journey of something that we need to keep chasing into the future because otherwise we don't feel confident to say some of the amazing things that we have done some of the amazing changes that we've made in the businesses, some of the amazing choices that we've made making products and putting them out there to market, because I think there's a fear, this growing sort of almost cancerous culture that we have about literally cancel culture uh, of, of not allowing people to talk about those because they're not perfect. And the truth is it's almost impossible, if not impossible to be perfect in the sustainability space. And so I think you, you hit the one word that I was hoping you were going to say, which was transparency, which is to unpack that, be honest, you know, literally talk about the things that you 're not doing well and and what you plan to do to address those, but equally don 't feel afraid to shout out the good things that you are doing because they are worthwhile and 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 I believe, and I think you do as well, lottie, that people do want to hear about those things when they 're making conscious decisions because they how else can they know
1: no, I definitely agree
0: so where whereabouts in 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 the banished context you know whereabouts in the customer journey do you start that process obviously you 've got some blogs and so on you know, on on the home, on the homepage, do you, do you have email sequences after people make a purchase that talk about what to do with the product at the end of its life and all that sort of stuff?
1: yes yeah, so now we've got all of that already built into place so we've got different kind of email sequences even talking about when people initially sign up with us that they can start recycling with us quite early on and then we go through exactly kind of like how to dispose of things so when you get your parcel from us it might come with peanuts that look like they're plastic so those can actually be dissolved in water and go into your compost bin so again education 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 it's the, yeah. the whole thing that we we're trying to do but then it's also talking to on the other hand the brands that we actually reject and we say no to it's telling them exactly why we're telling them no in order for them and a lot of them have kind of gone and made those changes and then they'll come back to us in a year's time and say look we've actually decided that we're not going to use virgin plastic anymore or we've replaced the spray pump bottles with this so I think that's also really important too is as you say cancel cultural is such a big thing but it's not completely writing off a brand it's kind of giving them the opportunity to change and then going okay like a second chance third chance they're happy to do that
0: i think that's fantastic because um you know like i said it, it is it is a journey but what you're really doing there is influencing you're influencing downstream into the consumer behavior you know through education through, um, you know, providing with superb choices, but you're also educating back up the journey towards brands, which is really what Sustainably Ecom podcast is all about. It's about helping educate brands to make better choices as well. So it's absolutely brilliant that you do that. And, and you also said, um, you know, earlier on in the discussion that probably the majority of the people that come to you are people that are not necessarily fence-sitters in the sustainability space. They, they are conscious that there's a problem and they want to understand how to live better. Uh, But you're in that kind of, um, in that middle ground, I guess, where where people are open to the ideas and you're helping them make the right choices. And it sounds as if as a result of that journey, that handholding you've been giving them, they actually turn into very loyal, very engaged uh, advocates for the brand, which of course is a very powerful position.
1: Yeah, no, they are amazing. They're everything. That is just my favourite part of this whole journey has been the community, the people, it's just the people that I've had to meet that I've got to meet, we've got our whole Brad recycling program is run by volunteers so we have our customers and our community who come in and help sort the rubbish and before it goes into the different recyclers. So that's just one example of how engaged they are. We've got a wait list to come and volunteer to sort through rubbish, which I think is something that not a lot of brands would say that they've got people that would literally put their hand up to sift through rubbish for them. Um, But that is just one example. And then I think we do communicate and we talk predominantly through social media. It's something that we've always put a huge focus on in particular organic social media where mm. um on instagram daily we're on tiktok as well we're very quick and early to get onto that but then we also use linkedin as well and facebook so we're constantly talking and it's not just in a sales way we're always providing value we're always educating and that's um a huge part of yeah what we're doing
0: i think that's uh, very insightful as well in terms of the you know the the posting that you're doing is is actually really adding value into the into the customers every day, and to the point where, of course, they're going to want to come and consume that content. And the more they consume, the more engaged they're going to be. So it's a very very smart strategy what you're doing. I really I really appreciate you for doing that. Is, is there is there one channel that stands out above the rest for your community?
1: I'm, it would probably be Instagram is where we probably get the most eyeballs each and every day, just because we have a very structured weekly routine with Instagram to the point that we are ingrained in our community's day-to-day life. So every Mm. single morning I post a photo, which is of my coffee, that has what I call coffee thoughts. And I do three thoughts every single day. And they can be as random as I think I did one the other day about how terrible the weather was for my washing. Like they're just silly things. Or sometimes it'll be kind of saying, today I'm going to be working on lots of shooting, lots of content. Do you have any feedback for that? So that goes out every morning. And then each day of the week, we provide them with something different. So because on a Tuesday, we, we do an insight into a supplier. So we do kind of a bit big behind the scenes of who made this product, where is it made from, why did they get started and then we also do on Wednesdays we play bingo which is by far our most engaged day of the week which is where literally we'll post four different items and ask the community which bin they should go in and then we tell them the right one and then they get a score out of four to see if they're a great recycler or not. Then on Saturdays we post our reviews of the week, Sundays we do blog posts that kind of educate them so it's very structured on purpose because now the community goes, "Uh aha, it's Wednesday. It's time to play bingo this afternoon to the point where if I haven't done it yet, it's, Hey Lottie, when's bingo going up? Are you okay? Is everything all right? (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) You're you're very smart with what you do. I've never heard of this, this, um, this bingo type approach. Essentially you're adding gamification into the value delivery of what you're doing, which is, which is brilliant. So what happens? what, you know, tell us a little bit about what happens when, you, you post your four products up, they'd say green bin, red bin, whatever it might be. And what happens then?
1: So what, so literally the structure is welcome. It's time to play bingo. We would post kind of like, okay, here's a product recycling general waste, soft plastics or Brad. And then they'll say kind of, I don't know, 20% of people say recycling. The next person will say this and they'll say, okay, the correct answer was actually Brad. Here's exactly why. And then we'll go into the next product and then at the out of then it gets to the fourth one and then they kind of just let us know on the slider how many like what their score was out of four and then they Uh can also have the option then to send that to a friend so we get a lot of people kind of going like friend versus friend going how many did you get this week I got this many or kind of people in the household going see I told you you were terrible at recycling here's how to get better so it's a really fun um, way of engaging with them to the point that we've been doing it every Wednesday for I'm going to say probably almost two years now So that's the whole thing is once we get started, we're very consistent, we're very reliable and we don't do things by half. Once it starts, it's there. And that's why they come to expect it. That's why we get the messages kind of saying like, oh, you haven't posted coffee thoughts. Is everything okay? Or where's bingo at? That kind of thing.
0: What a, what an insightful set of of observations you've you've made um, there, Lottie. What's what's next for Banish? Like, where do you see Banish in in sort of two to five years? What what's driving you? Where where do you want it to go?
1: We're just growing. That's really it. There's no kind of yeah. I would say that there's no real like tangible like B corp was a goal for a very long time. The recycling program was a goal, but kind of now that we've hit those, it's just expanding and scaling. So we're really focused on getting a lot of new brands and new suppliers on and the next kind of we do them in rounds. So we've kind of we're doing an onboarding round at the moment of new suppliers and we'll have a bit of a break and then in another couple of we do it every quarter. The next quarter we'll have another onboarding round. Um, What I would love to do is I would love to get the plastic that we are collecting from the recycling program and to create it into a product. That we can sell on Banish to really close the loop in that and create circularity I just can't figure out right now what product I can make that is actually worthwhile that's made from plastic so that's my current roadblock with that um but yeah honestly I would love for Banish to become a household name around Australia we're getting there we're getting the traction it's just about kind of yeah reaching more and more people talking to more and more people educating more people and yeah getting the name out there
0: so so perfect on that note then of of wanting to become a household name around australia which i think is a very noble goal given uh, given the purposeful direction that you've been taking first of all how do you how do new suppliers get in touch with you what's the best process to to apply to become a, a banished family member
1: Yes, I would definitely go to our website and look. We've got a page which is like all about how to become a Banished brand. Have a look through the criteria. See if you do meet those initial set of criteria before applying and then send us an email and then one of the team will get in touch with you to kind of start that process to start looking at the nitty gritty. But have a look at it. And if you don't reach the set of criteria just yet, again, it might be about kind of waiting a couple of months time you reach that goal and then you can kind of come on board then but we'd be more than happy to welcome more and more people to the team.
0: I love that. And so on the flip side, then customers, what's the best way to onboard with you as a customer? Where to start?
1: Yeah, so if you want to come and play bingo, um, that happens on Instagram at banish.au. And then you can obviously check out the website, banish.com.au, join our mailing list. We send out an email every Sunday called Sustainability Sunday, which is a roundup of eco-news that's happened that week or also Sustainable Tips and then we'll also you'll be then the first to know about any kind of new products that we've going on or kind of things about the brad program if that's expanding our email list is always the first to find out
0: well lottie thank you very much uh, thank you very much for a doing what you're doing but also supporting all the wonderful sustainable brands here in australia by giving them another outlet and an, an outlet with you know passionate educated consumers Uh, at their disposal as well which is absolutely wonderful so thank you so much for spending some time with us today really appreciate it and we wish Spanish all the growth and all the success for the future
1: thank you so much Giles it's been a pleasure